Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Rain or Troy hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rainbow. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode four eleven. 411, and we're going to give you the 411 on our season predictions because this is a season predictions episode from Reign of Troy Radio looking at the 2021 USC football season. As always, I'm your host, Mario Castillo. Join along with my co host, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Alicia, this is it. We are back. Um, we are back again. We, we made an episode uh, a month ago, a month or so ago. Uh, about how we are finally back after a long hiatus and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we talked about how we were moving and then suddenly we got moving and then all of our podcast stuff was buried under boxes and all that stuff and yada, yada, yada. Here we are uh, towards the end of August. Fall camp is complete. USC is in mock game week. And here we are with our first episode of the 2021 season. Talking about season predictions. So... We're ready in time, albeit a little bit late on on the fall camp front. Yeah, and like the the studio is not set up very well at this point. We the 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 echo in this room is extremely noticeable to me. I don't know if the uh, I don't know if the people at home are going to pay attention to it because they're not audio czars, but like I'm noticing it, so I know you are noticing it. Yeah, we have uh, yet to put up the the sound wall, the sound things. dampeners. Yeah, yeah, so it's a. It's a work in progress. Moving, everyone knows that moving is is a thing, and uh, our move has been a, a a thing upon a thing upon a thing. A, a thing and a half. A thing and a half. At yeah. Least. So uh, yeah. So we're a little bit behind, but 
but we're back. We're ready to roll. And the new season is is just around the corner, literally. Yeah, next week. Uh, we're like 10 days away from USC playing football, competitive football in 2021. Hopefully, hopefully by the time USC plays its first game, uh, the apartment will be nice and tidy and, and kept up. And uh, yeah. that's my goal. And there's other things you need to keep tidy and kept up. And that's you yourself with Manscaped. The Manscaped 4.0 is now out from our friends over at Manscaped who are grateful enough or we are grateful enough for them to be sponsoring this episode of Reign of Troy Radio. Alisa, tell us about the Manscaped uh, Lawnmower 4.0. Yeah, it's their fourth generation uh, personal groomer. And when you order it from Manscaped, you get a f- the full package. You get the Lawnmower 4.0. It's a trimmer. You get the weed whacker for your ear and nose hair. You get the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs. And a travel bag, which, by the way, the travel bag is legit. All of the products Love are. The bag. Yeah. All of the products are legit, uh, because Manspa- Manscaped knows what they're doing. They do, and you're a big fan of boxer briefs. Boxer briefs are great. I, I stole them immediately. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, I, the Manscaped stuff is great. It's it's all wonderful quality. The the bag is wonderful. Uh, you're gonna need you're gonna need the ear and nose hair trimmer, guys. Come on. You know, you know you need it. Uh, so Manscaped has you covered. As always, you can go over to manscaped.com. Uh, get 20% off with plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. You don't even get that reference. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to say you don't get the... Well, you probably get half of that reference. Yes, I, I know Buzz Lightyear. Right. You don't get space... You don't know what Spaceballs is. Spaceballs are... No, I... I oh, what's that? Well, that's sad. It's like the ultimate spoof of Star Wars, and it's amazing. So it's a spoof of a bad movie. No, it's a great spoof of a great movie. Mm. So, sorry, nine movies now? Jeez. <laughs> I don't know how many movies you need. No. Uh, what we need is to get into the news. There's plenty to talk about and then get into our predictions for the 2021 USC football season. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Ren of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ren of Troy. I just realized I never got into this. We're, we're That's how rusty we are. Very it's bad. rusty. It's bad. The, this is why we're, our fall camp is beginning is, now. Yes, this is this is our fall camp, getting all this stuff out. Uh, one little programming note. Uh, we are moving away from Patreon. Patreon is no longer going to be uh, in our repertoire um, we're going to be focused on the main show. Main show is our top priority right now. Uh, that's that's where we are. So the main show will be coming to you during the season. Uh, as always, uh, CarCast right after the game. Uh, we're going to have preview episodes uh, go up on Wednesday uh, and Fallout episodes go up on Mondays. Yep, afternoons. Uh, so that's a slight... Well, I don't know. Sometimes we would put some out in the morning. We're going to record them in the afternoon. We're going to record them in the afternoon. Posted uh, in the afternoons, in the afternoons as well. evenings. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, so yeah, it's, a, it's the end of an era with the Patreon, and we could not be more grateful to everyone who supported the Patreon. 100%. Uh, it, we, we are eternally grateful, in fact, to everyone who supported us. It's just uh, with my new uh, job description, with Michael's workload, it's just not something that we can maintain at this point um, for, for the fans. So we're going full go with uh, with the season coverage and looking forward to it. Yeah, and if you're listening to the, and we're gonna put this last episode uh, up on Patreon. If you're listening to us on the Patreon feed, uh, be sure to go and resubscribe to us on the main show feed, uh, so that way you get all of our new episodes there going forward. And um, yeah, that's all we got. Let's get into the news, shall we? So let's get into the news. There's plenty of it, uh, in part because fall camp has happened, as we've talked about. This is the first season in a long, long, long time, it feels like, that uh, we did not have any fall camp coverage. Uh, and it wasn't just here on the podcast, not on the website. We will be doing game coverage over on the website, ramtroy.com, so be looking for that uh, throughout the season. Uh, again, not as much content during the se- during the season at, at large on the website, with the exception of game days. Uh, so look for stuff there and game fallout stuff. But um, Alicia, you are doing uh, other stuff for fanside.com uh, and unable to cover USC football on a daily basis. I've still got my day job and makes it harder to, to c- cover fall camp. So it's a bummer because I feel like we can't speak at the the depth and knowledge of the team as we could uh, in past years. Yeah, which is a bummer, but, you know, we monitor also everybody who's at practice as well. And we sort of, we've stayed, I mean, we're still, you know, in it with USC, so it's not like we're ignoring USC. And our coverage is going to kind of go back to what it was before we got credentialed. We did the podcast for several years before we got credentialed. And uh, so it's just going to be... Um, you know, bigger picture kind of stuff. We're not going to get down into the weeds as much, which, you know, it's, it's going to be an adjustment. But the big news that's coming out, I don't know that uh, at this point we we can we can survive. We <laughs> And I think we can still provide our listeners with uh, plenty of insight, hopefully. Yeah, especially once the season starts and we get to see games. When it's just games. Yeah. Y- yeah, yeah. It, it's going to it's going to change completely. It's just going to be we're not able to tell you how good Michael Trigg is. Well, I mean, we're hearing about how good Michael Trigg is, so. I had to drop a he makes me drool uh, tweet during fall camp. I kind of so. get the soundboard so we can That's the good take thing. it out of a box and we can plug the it The good in. thing at least is that USC is like dropping videos from the practice, like practice right. highlights way more than they have in the past. So that's good. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the big news from, from this week at USC was just the COVID vaccine stuff, which good yeah. on USC for being 100%, 100% compliant. Yeah, 100, uh, 100%. Uh, USC is compliant with that. 119 players are vaccinated. Uh, the five remaining have waivers. Uh, so SC is completely compliant. Uh, good news. Good news for SC to yeah. be ahead of the game there. There and are other that, schools that are as well. Yeah, we've seen we've seen a lot of schools. I think I think Nick Saban kind of probably says it best. Basically, like just you know, this is about this is about making sure you're available. Like this is about making yeah. sure that that you don't have any hiccups during the season. So it just makes sense for USC to be 100% vaccinated where they can be. And it makes sense for everybody, especially now that the vaccine is 100% FDA approved, just 
it makes sense for everybody. Just get vaccinated. Yeah. Hashtag Pfizer gang. Uh, yeah. I, I go back to what uh, has been said over on the podcast of champions. Uh, go listen to there for Pac-12 stuff. Uh, but David Woods talks about all the time, coach's brain. If you're if you're yeah. Nick Saban, absolutely your coach's brain is going to be like, no, we got to get all vaccined, all vaxxed up because we can't lose a game. And yeah, yeah it's good on SC for being there as well. Uh, let's talk about the captains. The annual thing that I do not care about are the captains. USC has four of them this year. Drake London, Vi Malapai, Isaiah Polamau, and Ben Griffiths. Yes, Ben Griffiths, the punter is a captain. It's a shame we don't have the soundboard set up right now because uh Oh my god, oh my god Ben, ben Griffiths. Griffiths. Yes. Yes. Greatest punter in history. Yeah. And yeah. USC's captain. Uh Alicia, no Keaton Slovis. Uh put on your message border hats and go into everything that all those things entail. Okay, for USC, Keaton Slovis not being a captain doesn't matter. For Keaton Slovis, it matters. And I think that's the the framing that this should come at. I think that you looked at you look at the captains, Drake London and Vi Malapai are obvious captain choices for USC's for USC's offense. Not that they split it into offense, but you think, you know, you get two representatives from the offense, those are the two. I'm not surprised at all. Um the problem for Keaton is when NFL evaluations come around, they will be asking why weren't you a captain when you were the returning starter? Uh, I don't think it, it necessarily matters that the quarterback is a captain. Um, I think the bigger thing is like the quarterback being a captain is irrelevant in the sense of like, if they're the captain, it doesn't change anything. Them not being the captain, everyone's just going to raise their eyebrow and just tilt their head and go like, huh, why? Uh, does that mean that USC's win loss record is going to be changed because Keaton Slovis isn't the captain? No. And, and, and when it comes down to it, being a captain just means that you're, you know, not out at the, the 50 yard line doing the coin flip. Like you, you, you will have players who are in leadership roles who aren't, who don't have the C on their chest. So, uh, message boarders definitely look at it and say, is there a leadership problem? Is there a team? Cause the team votes on this. So like, why wouldn't the team have voted for Keaton? Uh, you can throw those things out there. Do they actually mean anything when you've got veterans like Vi Malapai out there and sort of bigger sort of personality guys like Drake London? No, I don't. I don't think it matters. I, th- I think for me, my my prevailing thought is we're not in the room. Yeah, we are not there. Who are we to say about whether or not a player has leadership value or not? I I I, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think that. When you look at the NFL, they're going to look at things like Keen Slovis not being a captain and wave a red flag because the NFL is going to be the NFL and they're always going to be, you know, based on these weird criteria marks and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I don't know what this means. We don't know anything about uh, we are not in the room. So uh, how can I sit here and speculate about who's a good uh, leader and who's not? I think the guys picked are all veterans of the team, uh, and Ben Griffiths is a like veteran of life. Yeah, yeah. he's like what twenty nine thirty. So yeah. like, uh, yeah, th- these of course should be guys that you would imagine would be looked up to uh, f- for the Trojans. Um, other camp news to get to. Uh, friend of the podcast, Keely Orr had a had a report out that Jordan Isefa is uh, mulling over 
a medical retirement. Um, kind of a bummer because he was someone who got a lot of time as a freshman, uh, was looking to be a four-year starter, and then got hurt. Uh, and then COVID happened, uh, and then he got hurt again. And, and and I think while I'm speaking, he might have gotten hurt again. Like, it's a bummer that the dude just can't can't get healthy. Yeah, but sometimes sometimes you're just your knee is dead and your knee is gone and you can't you can't you can't come back. Sometimes that happens and. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, USC has other linebackers, and they will have to cope without him. So, I mean, realistically, and no offense to Jordan Isefa, but if he was a starter coming into this year, I would have asked questions about why are other guys not stepping up at this point? Because there are more talented guys younger than him who you would like to see on the field. Yeah, and so SC's going to have to see if they can get their uh, and prove that to be uh, over on the offensive line, uh, quite the shakeup. We expected going into it, there'd be Cortland Ford at left tackle uh, and Jalen McKenzie at right tackle. That is not the case. Cortland Ford is at left tackle, but it's Jonah Monheim getting first team reps at right tackle. Which I am taking as a good sign. And this might be unfair to someone like Jalen McKenzie or might be unfair to someone like Liam Jimmins. But I went into this offseason thinking if USC acts like they have four returning starters at off- on the offensive line, that's probably not a good thing because that offensive line was not good last year outside of Elijah Vera Tucker and occasionally Andrew Voorhees. So I wanted to see a little bit of a shakeup from Clay McGuire, the new offensive line coach. I wanted to feel like competition does matter. And the fact that Jonah Monheim has taken over that right tackle spot is a good thing. The fact that uh, the fact that it wasn't just a plug and play with you know Jalen McKenzie moving over to left tackle uh, because he was the elder statesman there. That's that's a good thing. Now now you have a veteran who's the swingman, and uh, and I don't think that necessarily means this offensive line will be significantly better than they were last year. But at least it's not just it, it's not just status quo, which is yeah. a little nugget that I'll take. Yeah, everyone who said anything about Jonah Monheim has given positive praise, which makes you think. Uh, that this is more so earned rather than um, the inverse, which would be Jalen McKenzie just losing it, right? So yeah. um, th- that's that's what you want to see. You want to see competition, uh, and you want to see guys winning jobs. Uh, there have been injuries, though. Uh, Britton Allen out for the season with an ACL tear. There's Adonis Ote, who's been sidelined with the wrist surgery. Uh, and tight end Malcolm Epps uh, is out with uh, turf toe. Yeah, so Malcolm Epps should be back by the start of the season, but Turf Toe, the thing that took down Trey Madden, my dude, the thing that... Forever lingering. Turf Toes just don't go away. So we'll see what Malcolm Epps is able to do, but that's something certainly to note and to watch as the season approaches. Yeah, good thing for SC. Um, Epps is being at tight end. That's, I feel like, it's the one position... Uh, the SC can kind of weather a... Well, especially a because, knock injury. on all the wood, but like Josh Follow seems to be available right now. Michael Trigg is making plays. So like, you know, I, I think you're you're feeling okay at tight end. Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, Jude Wolf, all those yeah. guys, yeah. Uh, ton of dudes. Uh, Eric Romanhoek, uh four-year starter at this point. Uh, a lot of dudes over there at tight end. Uh, and last note to get to here in the news, uh, the Alliance... Which doesn't have a name. It needs a name. Well, I feel like the Twitter was capitalizing the alliance. I saw the big pack. 
With which, two T's. Uh, with two C's. Yeah, two, two C's. Yeah. Two C's, yeah. which I liked. Can spell. I liked the big pack. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I like that. Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC uh, forming an alliance. Uh, big Brother style, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're going to literally, Literally Big Brother style. Yes, and where you don't know if it's a real alliance or not. Yes. Yes. Uh, which, again, they haven't named it. So until they name it, it's not a real alliance. Uh, they they will collaborate on student-athlete mental and physical health, safety, wellness, and support, strong academic experience in sport, diversity, equity, and inclusion, social justice, gender equality, future structure of the NCAA, federal legislative effort, efforts, postseason championships, and future formats. Uh, there will also be a scheduling element that will include uh, football and basketball, both men's and women's. This seems very interesting to me because I think there's a lot of potential here to sidestep A, the, the SEC, but B, the NCAA in the sense of, you know, we, we've seen Mark Emmert talk about issues of self-governance and, and, and whatnot. And so if you wanted to kind of create your own system where you did have a college football commissioner of the big schools... This seems like one way to kind of try to do that, where you get these conferences to align, and these are all conferences, you know, the Pac-12, Big Ten, the ACC, that value academics. Those three conferences have the biggest universities in the world um, that also, you know, have academics all in them, right? You got your Dukes, you got your Stanfords, you got your Michigans, big schools, right? Uh, all like-minded, it makes sense, but there's no paperwork. There's no idea of what they're going to do for the scheduling stuff because they're not going to break contracts. I want to believe, but I also am skeptical. Yeah, so if this is an alliance that's formed just because, oh crap, the SEC, they agree, I think, on, oh crap, the SEC. I think that's the thing that they all agree on. Do they agree on any of these other points? That's the bigger question. Um, Do they agree on the playoff? Like, I think this is all about the playoff. I think this is all about you can't let the SEC bully its way to getting the playoff format that it wants. So we're going to come together and just block the SEC from getting what it wants. And that only works if everyone involved agrees on what the best way to block the SEC is. And in it like so in one sense this could work beautifully. This could be huge. In the other sense, the moment a crack forms, a crack will form. Um we liken it to a Big Brother, which we're binging Big Brother old seasons and new seasons and all this kind of stuff right now. So it's a topic. But I liken it to Big Brother alliances because so many of the big alliances sometimes they are just for the convenience of for the next two weeks we need to be safe. And some and and other times they are a bigger, stronger thing where everyone's like, no, we're on the same page. We're doing the same thing. And I I genuinely don't know which way this is going to go right now. The only advantage that these guys have right now is that the SEC isn't going anywhere. So the boogeyman is going to remain there, keeping these guys aligned to a point. But other than that, like the football stuff, we're not going to see necessarily because you know, like UCLA is scheduled all the way through 2028 or something like that. Like there aren't going to be immediate scheduling things in football. We will see that immediately in basketball, at least. Yeah. Aren't there some teams are scheduled like deep through into the, the 30s? 30s? Yeah. yeah. 
So I the mean, thirties. How weird is it to say I, the thirties? I know, I know. But uh, but I mean, I think it's the right thing to do. I guess my thing is, I, a lot of people are talking about how like what you know, this is a fake alliance, blah blah blah. It might be. But it's the right thing to do. If you're the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC, like I'd rather you do this than not do this. Right. And, so. and I, I did see some stuff on Twitter about how there are limitations here legally of what they can and can't yes. do. And so... Because collusion is a thing. Yeah. So like the, the thing I'm talking about, like, you know, going the distance and, and like truly making this alliance where you just kind of sidestep uh, the idea of of there not already being like a college football commissioner thing and just create your own. I don't know that they can quite do those kind of things, but that's the that's the area of where this would work if it works. But it helps to open up lines of communication, certainly yes. between the three commissioners, at least. So on one hundred percent. But that's gonna wrap it up for the news. We got plenty to get into with season predictions. We're gonna go through the twelve game schedule give you which game we're picking as a win, which one we're picking as a loss for the 2021 USC Trojans. So let's get to it. All right, Alicia, to start off, let's talk about SC for a second here. Uh, The Trojans uh, picked 22nd by Athlon in their preseason ratings. Uh, a little bit better in the uh, the AP. Where, where's that see in the AP? Fifteenth. The Trojans were five and one last year. They started out five and zero. Oh. Their only blemish was the conference game loss to Oregon, a game that was weird, a game they should have won, uh, could have won, uh, but they didn't because they were outmanned on the um, the offensive and defensive line. So SC needs to make improvements there if they want to win uh, the conference. Uh, but here they go, ranked 14th in the SP Plus going into 2021. Uh, plenty of all Pac-12 preseason selections, but so does uh, so do other teams have uh, preseason selections as well. So the Trojans go into the season with the same amount of hype that they have seemingly every year. Every year. Blah, blah, blah. You've been here. We've been here. Mm-hmm. We know how it goes. We know mm-hmm. how it goes. Let's get into week one, USC against San Jose State, 2 p.m. September 4th uh, at the Coliseum. Should be warm, rather warm. Uh, the San Jose State Spartans are the defending Mountain West champions. They were 7-1 and one last year, uh, start out 7-0. and oh. uh, Not so hot in the SP Plus rankings. They're 84th. They're not picked to win the conference again, uh, according to Athlon. But this is a well-coached team. They're a team that led by quarterback Nick Starkle, who transferred in from Arkansas and Texas A&M before 2020. Had a great season there. They've got Cade Hall, the defensive player of the year, on the defensive line for the Mountain West. This is a team that's going to give USC trouble because we've seen this before. Uh, A team that gives USC trouble in week one under the Helton era uh, in the form of Western Michigan. Uh, very similar, except San Jose State brings back more talent than Western Michigan did uh, in 2017. USC has a win probability of 92% in SP plus. 92%. Yeah. Yeah. It seems so right. it's gonna be it's gonna be a stupid win, like 28 to 22, something ugly. But USC gets it done, and we sit there and say, "Oh, it's week one. USC's rusty." Blah blah blah. But USC's gonna win this game. That's uh, that's my pick. Uh, the the Spartans have some interesting players, but they're not at the level that USC should be at. So USC is going to win. 
yeah, I, I think we both think wins here. Um, we're going to get more into in depth than the other games, but and talk way more about San Jose State next week. So I don't want to completely talk over everything that we're going to do there. But this is a game I think is going to be closer than than you would expect because San Jose State is well coached. San Jose State is a good team, and SC has struggled out of the gate under Clay Helton. We know that. That's just how it is. Uh, let's go to week two. USC and Stanford, the greatest week two rivalry in sports. Uh, this time at the Coliseum, again, 7.30 p.m. Uh, the the Cardinal were sort of good last year. 4-2, and two, SC did not play them for the first time in forever. Uh, they're 64th in SP+. Uh, and they have an interesting battle over at quarterback between Jack West and Tanner McKee now that Davis Mills was a third-round pick to the Houston Texans. Uh, gone is Walker Little. Gone is Paulson Adebo. Uh, they lost Simi Fajoko as a fifth-round pick to the Cowboys. Uh, but they got the uh, Thomas Booker back. Uh, they they got some players. Michael Wilson at wide receiver. I don't know how to feel about Stanford. Stanford is extremely meh. Extreme meh. Like they like I, they're not a pushover. They're not a bad team. But like you look through their roster and it's like meh. I mean meh. I don't. I I have nothing. There's there's no one to really like look at and say like that's the danger man. So I. I how do you I mean, even, it could be Michael Wilson. I mean, the, the quarterbacks are, are are interesting. I mean, Jack Will, Jack West, Tanner McKee, maybe, but we don't know which one of them is going to be starting. So uh, I I I don't know. All I know is SP Plus is not high on that defense, ninety two rank in the in NCAA, and USC has an eighty eight percent win probability per Bill Connolly. So i it's week two it's stanford but it's at the coliseum so again another ugly for me another ugly usc win like it, the one of those typical first month of the season at the coliseum against a team that we don't know much about because it's too early in the season to tell right ugly win we've we talked about before stanford's supposed to be the game that tells you what the season happens and then that's not 2017 the happened no yeah, yeah 2017 happens it's not the case shotgun and keely over at family feud talking about it all the time the false positive of the stanford game is do you see that being true again keaton slovis is real damn good against them last year or two years ago i i don't know that you can false positive because stanford isn't a team that we're sort of looking at as this is sure. a contender for the North. If they were a contender for the North, then yes, you could base some of your expectations for the season on that performance, but they're not. And uh, we probably won't know what they are until November anyways. So it's going to be one of those ones where we have to reevaluate when we look back. Right. Yep. hundred uh, percent. I'll do a win there as well. Um, I, I A middling win, I think. Maybe SC by seven to ten. How about that? Yeah. Not I think, overly close, but well, 10, 10 points. I think USC beat San Jose State by nine and beat Stanford by seven. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, let's go to week three. USC going up to the Palouse at Washington State. 12.30 kickoff, which is good because SC avoids uh, the Palouse having sleet like they did in 2004. Um, the 2020 Cougars were one in three SC pummeled them at the Coliseum with the most dominant first quarter I've ever seen in a college football game, and then completely backed off and just snoozed through the last three quarters. 
Everybody on both sides snoozed the last three quarters. I don't know how to feel about the Cougars. Uh, the quarterback position is a little bit in a topsy-turvy spot here. Uh, they've got a battle between Jaden Delara, who was the freshman sensation for, for them last year. Uh, and then in comes Tennessee transfer uh, Jarrett Guantano, who has 32 career starts, 6,000 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, can career passer rating of 136.6. That's okay. That's not terrible in the SEC. Um, not going to light your hair on fire, but now he goes into an offense that potentially could uh, in, in, in Washington State. So I don't know what to expect from them. Max Borgie, we know, is is back. They didn't lose too many, didn't have any draft picks. Max Borgie, potentially one of the best white, uh, uh, danger men in, in the all conference. Pr- All-purpose kind of guys, yeah. yeah I, I don't know how to feel about Washington State. Okay, I, <laughs> I really don't like Nick Rolovich uh, on a personal level, so I feel like that clouds some of my judgment of Washington State. Um, last year, they were uninspiring, so that clouds my judgment of, of Washington State, but uh, Bill Connolly has them 45th. Ranking with a 13th ranked offense yeah, and 101st ranked defense. Yikes. Uh, and their win, USC's win probability over them is 70%. I should not be picking USC to lose this game, but it's the Pac-12 road opener at Washington State dun, dun, dun. at a team that USC could very well overlook since they mm-hmm. boat raced them last year. Uh, so I'm picking a USC loss here. Wow. I'm okay. picking a USC loss. I uh, I think that USC does not do well on the road at all. And I think this one is kind of a weird trap game. It's like a trap game without games in front of it or behind it that you need to worry about. But Stan- does Stanford still get the benefit of the... <laughs> No, no. <laughs> the what? What? What was it called? The uh, body blow. The theory? body blow theory. No, no, no. The Stanford no. body blow theory does no longer exist. I just don't trust USC on the road at all. Um, I and uh, and I think that USC is due for a how the hell did they lose that game kind of loss. And this is my pick. I I wanna I wanna believe you because I think you look at it and say, oh Max Borgie, ooh, run and shoot offense, ooh yeah, hmm okay, I could see it. I I don't trust Washington State and <laughs> the Nick Rolovich led Washington State to do anything at this point. I need to see it to believe it. I think you're absolutely right. I think SC could fall on their face here. It being a traditional spot where SC struggles, um, and Washington State has talent to be able to pull off that kind of thing. When you look at the the experience of of Guar- uh, Garantano, if he wins the starting job, and then Borgie, but I need to see Washington State do one of those things before I can pull the trigger on picking the uh, Nick Rolovich-led Cougars. Sorry for the. Uh, Way to just bang into sound your mic. Effects, yeah. I did, I yeah. did, and we're not cutting because we're short on time, so I don't really care. <laughs> Wait, way to go! Way yeah. to go! Just tell yeah. everybody. Sorry. So you you have USC winning, which means you have USC at three and zero. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be an impressive three and zero by any stretch. No, I think there's a chance where SC could light it up offensively against a team like Washington State. It's not good on defense, but uh, no three and zero SC going into a home tilt with Oregon State on September 25th. This is the same Oregon State team that has not beaten USC since 1960 at the Coliseum. Yeah, 
which is why I really, really, really want to pick Oregon State to win this game. Like, I really want to pick Oregon State to win this game. Is Jonathan Smith your it, favorite I love coach Jonathan in, Smith. in the Pac-12? I love Jonathan Smith. I think what he's doing at Oregon State is extremely, um, uh, if not impressive, then, then admirable. Right. Uh, you feel like he's got them going in the right direction. Uh, the problem, the problem for Oregon State is they lost some dudes. So like Hamilcar Rashid is, is great and they lost him. Uh, Jamar Jefferson is great and they lost him. Like the, the, they got Sam Neuer and I really like Sam Neuer. So from, from Colorado. So like, that's the X factor for them. He is in a three-way battle at quarterback with, with Tristan Jebbia, the, the starter from last year, but yeah. But I'll, it's I'll, looking I'll, like it's going to be Neuer against Chan, uh, Chance Nolan, oh, yeah. uh, who had some starts for the Beavs last and year. And I'll give Sam Neuer that. I'll give him the nod there. I just think I think he's a fun quarterback. The problem I have with picking Oregon State is twofold. If USC was going up to Corvallis, this is a big OL in no, my view. I would agree. I, I, but, I would I would absolutely see that happen. Yeah, but this is at the Coliseum, and Oregon State's defense is not going to be competitive. Uh, so the, the, the issue is that, that, you know, Oregon state's going to be interesting, but USC is still going to win the game. And like, I really want, like, if I was going to pick an upset this year, I would love to see Oregon state. This is weird because I'd never want to see USC get updated uh, upset. But like, I wish that we were in a position where like, if you could pick an, an upset that you would like think like, well, that would be interesting. At least Oregon state would be the one, except I just can't pick it. So I have USC winning. Yeah, it's Oregon State at the Coliseum. They don't win at the Coliseum, not since 1960. So uh, give me SC to go 4-0. and You have the Trojans at 3-1. and Going to Colorado, a team that has never, 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 never beaten USC in the history of the game. Uh, October 2nd at Colorado avoids the cold weather a little bit. Uh, the Buffs and Trojans did not play last year. The Buffs four and one, real good last year. Started out uh, under Carl Durrell better than anyone had expected, but they've lost Sam Neuer, the starting quarterback to Oregon State. They then lost uh, J.T. Shroud, who transferred in from Tennessee, was going to be the starting quarterback. He's now out for the season with an injury. Brendan Lewis is going to be the QB one. Uh, Katie Nixon, who's one of their their uh, leading receivers, has transferred to USC. Uh, Darian Rakestraw is transferred to Tulane. William Sherman is, is was picked sixth in the sixth round uh, to the New England Patriots. I don't know how to feel about Colorado because they've lost a lot of guys, but Nate Landman somehow still how how does eligible. he have a, he's the Britain Covey of uh, yes, of defenders. The, he is the Britain Covey of defenders. Like how is he still there? I don't get it. He's so damn good. Like, how is the NFL not going down and and getting them somehow? I don't know. Uh, they do have preseason All Pac-12 selections. Uh, Jarek Broussard uh, at running back, who was damn good last year for the Buffs. Uh, then there's Terrence Lang, former USC uh, lottery signing, um, as a three-star who transferred to ended up sorry committed to USC. I think he ended up signing at the last last minute to Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And he's now a second team All Pac twelve preseason pick, so good yeah. for him. Oh, okay. This one, sixty uh, ninth overall in S and P plus, eighty fourth in offense, fifty seventh in defense. USC has a seventy four percent win probability per SP plus. I, 
like it's like the opposite organ state in in that like they lost some dudes but i'm still picking them to win to be usc because i don't trust usc on the road i don't trust usc on the road carl durrell proved last year that he can get something out of this squad um they do have the key guy on defense back they do have jake jerick broussard at running back to do some damage um I, I USC should win this game as proven by that win probability, but they're on the road and I don't trust this team. And so I'm picking Colorado to win. And, uh, and, and the hot seat's going to get hotter and hotter and hotter for Clay Hilton at this point, uh, at the start of October. All right. That's, that's big. I feel like I'm being bold a little uh, bit because my temptation would be to have USC winning these games because on talent, but my goal this season in picks was to absolutely under no circumstance give USC a talent advantage because I don't trust this team at all. So that's fair. No, that's more than fair. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, SC again. Uh, I don't trust Colorado. I, I don't know that last year is going to be indicative of anything. Uh, what we usually see with teams that are at the bottom and have a good season is they sort of regress in year two. Year two is really hard to keep keep up there. Uh, we saw that with Oregon state last year in the pandemic season, they dropped back to two and five. Can the buffs keep up what they built up last year? I don't think so. I think last year was a COVID fluke. Prove me wrong. Buffs prove me wrong. Carl Durrell. Uh, give me an SC win to go five and zero. again, not an impressive five and zero, but I think SC will be five and zero going into the big battle with the Utah Utes. On October 9th, going into the bye week, um, this is this is going to be tough here because Utah, two years ago, they had everybody. They had like their golden generation of all the guys, and they all vanished last year. And the Utah Utes that SC played early in the season last year was a team of who? What? Hmm? Never heard of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Well... Those guys are starting to gel. Uh, the the Utes finished three and two, won their last three games. They get Charlie Brewer, the quarterback from Baylor. He is now going to be their starting quarterback. They got a ton of talent transferring in, guys who need fresh starts that were good, 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 good talent coming out of uh, out of high school. Theo Howard, the former UCLA and Oklahoma receiver, is in. TJ Pledger, a guy that USC went after in high school uh, and, and signed in Oklahoma, he is in. Renier McLean, a former Trojan, is in. Josh Calvert from Washington. Brandon McKinney from Washington. Two four-star guys that the Huskies had signed. They are now uh, over at Utah. Uh, the Utes do lose Jake Bentley. They do use Samson Nakua. Uh, to BYU where he's teamed up with his brother. Um, uh, what the other? Nakua? Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. <laughs> yeah. I never remember his brother's name. Uh, and then Jordan Wilmore transferred to Fresno State, uh, the running back out of Lawndale. But a ton of preseason selections in the All-Pac-12. They returned four starters on the offensive line. Uh, they returned a ton of starters. I'm looking down right now. I have the, the Athlon preview open. And they don't list Britton Covey as a starter, as a returning starter, sorry. But he is. Come on. Yeah. So, like, this team is loaded with returning starters, and that's not counting Britton Covey, who's there for his 19th season as a Ute. 
<sighs> See, again, like Oregon oh, State. Oh, sorry. Their, their defense returns 10 of 11 starters. Yes. Just, just And know. they're all coached by Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, that's, true. that's right. Yeah. So here's my big, again, another one of the things where, like, if this was in Salt Lake City, big, giant, massive L. L, 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 L going on for days. The fact that it's at the Coliseum gives me a great, great, great deal of pause. Great deal of pause. But I like Kyle Whittingham. I like this team. I think the transfers in bolster them. I think they already returned a bunch of guys who are going to give USC some problems. Um, I'm picking the impossible. Wow. I'm picking the impossible. Utah is going to win at so, the Coliseum. Oh, oh, no, let me get this right. You're picking the Buffs to beat USC for the first time in history. Yes. And Utah to beat USC at the Coliseum for the first time in history. Yes. But you passed on Oregon State getting their first win at the Coliseum since 1960. Yes. All right. Got it. I, uh, I, I wanted to, Michael. I wanted to. I know. I, I, I saw it in your me. eyes. Trust I saw me. it in your eyes. But So... My doomsday scenario, which some which might not be doomsday after all, uh, is a three and three USC going into the bye week. Do you want to know my bold prediction for the season, Michael? Not yet. Okay. USC's three and three going into the bye Wait, week. Wait, you're seeing a mid season firing? USC's three and three going into the bye week. She she is raising her eyebrow. I just did an eyebrow wiggle. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know what combination of three and three USC will be going into the bye week, honestly, because I think it's just as likely that they could beat Utah and lose to Oregon State or lose to least, Stanford yeah. and beat Washington State. I have SC six and oh. You have SC six and oh going into the bye week, which and I have SC three and but three here, going into the bye week. And both of happen. these are like doomsday scenarios. Well, uh, you could you could argue that. I see SC winning this game by the hair on their arm. By the by the the hair trimmed by the ceramic blades of a uh, the of a manscaped lawnmower 4.0. Yeah. Uh fan, fan said 20 for 20% off and free shipping over manscaped.com. Yeah. I I don't trust SC. You know this. Um I don't trust you taught the Coliseum even more. Something always happens. They find a way not to win that game. SC wins this by the hair of their teeth uh, and have the least impressive 6-0 and record um, that you can imagine going into the bye week yeah. and going uh, into the game uh, in South Bend at Notre Dame on October 23rd, 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 Eastern primetime on NBC. The Irish were 10-2 last year. Uh, they went to the college football playoff, but they've lost a lot of dudes. Liam Eikenberg, gone. Aaron Banks, gone. Ian Book is gone. Dalen Hayes is gone. So many other dudes are gone. Jack Cohn is the new quarterback, the transfer from Wisconsin, who kind of dazzled for the Badgers early on, for the Badgers, uh, and then ended up transferring to Notre Dame. Um, a ton of, of, Guys to look after on this team. Rocco Splindler, one of my favorite names in college football. Alicia, who do you got? Well, I got Notre Dame. USC, you don't get to pick USC beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame until USC proves it. So there's just, I just don't. Again, USC is is not encouraging on the road. Um, Graham Harrell will be having his head coaching debut 
And I think it's uh, huh. going to be... It's a, not going to be Tyler Orlando. A, a repeat of history. No, Graham Harrell is going to have the repeat of history and lose his coaching interim coaching debut at Notre Dame. Uh, Which so, means he's going to win the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spoilers, right. Michael. <laughs> uh, oh, but, dear. but yeah, so I got USC three and four uh, at uh, at the end of October. All right. Um, I think I'm not impressed by what Notre Dame is going to have this year. I think this is a year in which Notre Dame is ripe for the pickings for SC to beat them, but not in South Bend. Uh, and not with an SC team that I don't think is overly ready. I think SC is going to be better defensively. I think it's going to keep them in games and allow them to win uglier games than usual. I don't think this is it. Uh, I, it might be a hard-fought loss, whatever, but this is the loss uh, that uh, blemishes USC for me. 6-1 um, and one going into the next game at home against the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, quite the off season for the Wildcats. Jed Fist, the new the new head coach, someone who didn't have much uh, experience to, to get the job, but he does. Uh, they were zero and five last year with their their lone near win being the the game in which they almost beat SC in week two <laughs> because and then of course. they were terrible every other week. Uh, Grant Cannell is gone. He's transferred to Memphis. Uh, they had a couple of draft picks. Scary Brightrail. Uh, and Roy Lopez. Uh, they also lost uh, Robert Congle, uh, an offensive lineman to Oklahoma. Um, I don't know what to expect from those uh, Wildcat team. I think Jed Fish has said a lot of good things, but winning a press conference is not winning football games. Uh, and I think they got to figure out a quarterback between Gunnar Cruz, Will Plummer, and, and Jordan McLeod. Probably going to be Gunnar Cruz, but we'll see what happens there. I have no confidence in Arizona. I think this is the game SC wins big. Jedfish could work miracles and still Arizona will be bad this year. Uh, he needs a lot of time and one season is not going to do the trick for him. USC is going to win this game as Graham Harrell's first win of his head coaching career. I think it's going to be big. Like this is the game yeah. after the Notre Dame loss. They win big to try to. Yeah. To drum up. Yeah. Some, uh, some, some mojo. Uh, and and going into November 6th, the biggest game of the year, at Arizona State in Tempe, the Sun Devils 2-2 two and two last year. <sighs> I, <laughs> What's there to say about Arizona State? Uh, Arizona State started last season. Th- this is their 2020 results. Uh, they lost to SC in which they blew a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter in the last four minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then their next three games, Cal, Colorado, and Utah were all canceled. They lost to UCLA in a game in which I believe, again, they blew a lead. And then they beat Arizona 70-7 to and Oregon State 46-33. to A bad Arizona team. Uh, this is an Arizona State team with Jaden Daniels back. They lose Frank Darby, but they still have a bunch of experience, guys. The, the team, many of you are picking to win the Pac-12 South. Who do you got in Tempe? I'm low on Arizona State. I know that everyone likes Herm Edwards now, but like he still hasn't won anything of significance in his tenure at Arizona State. Um, I, I just I, I I don't get the hype. I just don't see it. That coaching staff is is in turmoil because of recruiting violations. They lost their best defender in Jermaine Lowell, uh, who suffered a season mostly season-ending injury. So I'm low on Arizona State. I think they're going to be a disappointment this year. USC doesn't of all the road trips that USC makes. USC doesn't struggle in Tempe. 
Um, so which is uh, a new development. The last three trips, right? The last three trips. Okay, under Clay Helton, USC does not struggle in Correct. Tempe. I mean, Sark dominated there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I got USC winning this game uh, to move to five and four on the season. Things are looking up for Graham Harrell's Trojans. I agree. I think SC wins. I think SC has their most impressive game against the ASU. Yeah, because that's always how it happens, right? Like, it's suddenly like you're going to buy into this team. Yes, I think that's exactly what happens. Um, I think ASU is going to be good, but also there's a million things off the field. For some reason, ASU has not been able to get over the hump uh, to beat SC with Jaden Daniels at quarterback. We know Jaden Daniels missed the game in Tempe two years ago. Uh, I, I, I don't see it. I think SC somehow finds a way to win. It might be stupid, but for some reason, the stupid thing for USC, knowing how SC seasons tend to be, which is nonsensical a lot of times, is a big win. And a big win uh, in Tempe for the SC. Uh, Trojans to go 8-1 and one for me, 5-4 and four for you. Going into the road game at Cal, November 13th, uh, the Bears were 1-3 and three last year. Not great. Chase Garbers is back. They lose Cameron Bynum. Um, they lose Michael Cephal, uh on the offensive line to a medical retirement. That's a huge loss. Yeah. This, this Does this feel like a make-or-break year uh, for... Uh... No. I, I, I think... I think Wilcox has done enough for it not to be a make or break year. Well, like not not that like Cal would fire him because I don't think they're in that situation. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if like this is the year where it's like either they are going to be something under Wilcox or they're not. Like, sure. This is no, going to be could, the year that like I could see that. Like where it's just if if this, this year does referendum on the Wilcox. Era? Yeah. So yeah. like if this year doesn't go well, then like then it's just not going to go well. Um, I, I like Chase Garbers. I think he gives them a chance offensively, but, uh, I, I'm just not sure what there is to love about this team. Like they're going to have a decent defense, but we've seen USC actually beat up that defense. Like we've seen USC, we've seen Graham Harrell get the better of, of, of this defense. So, um, I'm picking USC. USC is going to be six and four and, uh, the season is starting to roll. I disagree. I think SC loses uh, at Cal. Uh, I know it's a broken record, me picking SC to lose at Cal, but I think this is this is when it happens. Uh, again, this is, this is an SC team coming off of the ASU the game. Letdown game yeah. I think this is ripe for a letdown. It, this is the trap game. Uh, I think Cal is too good to be a trap opponent, but after ASU, ahead of UCLA, this is it, baby. This, this is... <laughs> This is the loss. This is the loss that will keep you up at night. Uh, SC at Cal, November 13th. Uh, Trojans go 8-2. and two. Um, At that point, you have SC at 6-4. and four. Going into the last two games, uh, back in L.A., uh, at home against the Bruins, uh, UCLA was 3-4, and four, but I think a good 3-4. and four. Is that weird to say? UCLA is the weirdest team in that, like, they're kind of okay, decent, okay, but, like, are that like does their record show that they're kind of okay yeah, decent? I, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. Um, return a bunch of guys again, uh, and they add Zach Contarbonet from from Michigan running back. They had Jay Toya. They had uh, Ali Caho from from Alabama. Cam Brown from from Texas A and M. They do lose a Digizua, Felton, and Gates, but they had the best tight end in the conference, and in, in Greg Dulcich. 
I, I arguably one of the best quarterbacks in, in DTR. I think this is absolutely a game in which this could be the culmination of UCLA's rebuilds under Chip Kelly. But also, it couldn't be. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to look at this game. This one's an absolute. UCLA abs- should have won last year. This is an absolute toss-up. Absolute, one hundred percent, fifty-fifty. Flip a coin. I do not know. Um, for the sake of of just not having to to write it down, I'm going to pick USC here. Uh, but this is a, the absolute coin flip of all coin flips. I I do not know. I do I do not have any idea. This is SC in November under Clay Helton. SC gets a win. Okay. Give them a win. I think it'll be really close. I think hopefully it's exciting like last year's game. That was yeah. great for the rivalry. I, I think you need another one of those type of games. Puts SC at 9-2 and two for me, 7-4. and four. Going into the finale against BYU. BYU stepping in to being Notre Dame-like here at the end of the season, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, the Cougs were really good last year, 11-1. They beat up a whole bunch of nobody. They did lose to, um, to Coastal Carolina in that wild game. Uh, Jaron Hall is going to be their new quarterback, replacing Zach Wilson, who was a first-round pick to the Jets. Uh, Kyrus Tonga is gone. He's a seventh-rounder to the Chicago Bears, which is good news for USC's offensive line. They get the Nakua brothers transferring in from Washington and Utah, Puka and and, uh, and Simon and Samson. So what what do you got? I got USC here Um, at the Coliseum. I just think at the end of at the end of the season, USC will be. Feeling a bit better. Um, BYU is still a team that will be good, but like they did lose their 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 you know number two overall pick at quarterback. I think they won't have the matchup with uh with with USC in the in the trenches uh, with Brett Nealon getting getting stormed by Tonga. So. I go USC here. I don't think it's a particularly pretty win, but I think USC has the edge over BYU in general. So you have SC finishing at eight and four. Eight and four with somehow eight and four after some, starting out three and three. Somehow eight and four with uh, Graham Harrell with a uh, what, what? What's Graham Harrell's record at this point? Uh, five and one. Five and one. Yeah. With a loss to Notre Dame. When does he get named the head coach? He gets named the head coach on the Sunday after this game. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Are you going? Are you seriously? I'm going, going all in on this. Come I'm going. All, I was tempted to have USC losing to UCLA so that it would mirror the Clay Helton hiring, um, despite the loss to UCLA. Oh dear. Uh, no, I, I I am all in on this. Graham Harrell, USC head coach. No, SC's losing to BYU. I think this is the game in which uh, I think SC could win ten games and not be overly impressive. Um, and and maybe I'm just down on SC in that sense, but I need to see it to really believe it. Uh, but I think that the BYU game is the one that solidifies that this isn't a 10-win team for USC. They could be. They can they can prove us all wrong, but uh, they're not. I think they lose the BYU game. Uh, at that point, BYU will have plenty under their belt, and I think Sataki um, will uh, will have them ready uh, that at that point in the season. Especially, they can rest starters. You know how BYU plays like nobody in October and November? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Give uh, give me the Cougars on that one. SC finishes nine and three, but in my version of SC season, they go nine and three with a eight and one record in the Pac twelve, which means they're Pac twelve South champs. In my version of USC, it's eight and four in the Pac twelve, 
eight and eight and four overall. Yeah. Eight and four with three losses in the in in the north. No, where are the losses? Oregon, uh, Washington State, Colorado is the one in the south, and Utah. You Utah, yeah. So USC is not the Pac-12 South champion. No, USC is the Pac-12 South champ. Uh, will they go rightfully play Washington for real this time? Uh, and uh, and probably lose. Yeah, I think I think if USC gets the Pac-12 championship game, they're probably losing. But uh, let's quick fire. All right, real real quick fire. Uh, the awards for the season. So MVP. Um, let's go Drake Jackson. Uh, I'm going the other Drake London. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Offense player of the year. Bounce back Keaton Slovis. I'm gonna go London as well. I'm okay. just gonna double up. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive player of the year. Jackson. I will go Isaiah Pullman. Okay, I like that pick. Yeah, I, like that I think pick. either one of those are yeah. obvious. Vesey's gonna be good. He needs to to take over for what they lost in Havanga. Yes, freshman of the year. Uh, so it's easy to say Trig, right? I think Trig, but I, I, it's, I it's just that where okay. The problem with Trig is that like if Kyle Ford is healthy and Drake London is healthy and Katie Nixon and Taj Washington and all those guys are out there, like it's gonna be tough. So I and think all the tight ends you didn't mention and all the tight ends I didn't mention. I think the easy pick here is Corey Foreman. Even if he plays the same position as Drake Jackson, they're going to find ways to, to get, get him, him on, on the field. field. Yes. In an easier way than they would for, for Trick. Yeah. Yes. Then give me Corey, Corey Foreman there, too. All right. Yeah. Cool. Nice and quick. All right. Uh, we will be back on Monday with our over-under, uh, season-long over-under, which we'll put together and have you guys... Play along with us. We're also going to do a preseason mailbag. So hit us with your questions uh, and your over-under picks. Uh, email reignoftroy at fansign.com. Phone number 213-373-1-USC. Okay, oh, wow. Jeez, we're oh, way, wow, we're Michael. way it, out of it. It wasn't me this time. No, it wasn't. Uh, 213-373-1-USC. Stuck at What's Brewing Show. Yeah. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rain of Troy. That's it. That's all we got. We'll be back Monday. Uh, with, a, with a mailbag, so make sure you get in your questions. That's what uh, I just said. If, well, get in your questions again on Twitter, Facebook. I was totally paying attention. Love you guys. We're glad to be back, and uh, we hope you are glad to have us back. So we'll see you next time. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.